0: Hello and welcome to The Baggies Broadcast. This is episode 20. My name is Luke Hatfield and I'm joined by two men today. One you all know very well and one you may not know at the moment, but hopefully you'll get to know him. Uh, The first one, the man we all know, we all love, Mr. Matt Wilson, our West Brom correspondent. Matt, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks.
1: Um, You know, even though Albion continue to lose, continue, continue to descend into anarchy and apathy, um, I'm off on holiday later this week, so I'm looking oh, forward to that. Look at that! Man. Where are you going? Where are you off to? We're going to Sri Lanka actually for a couple ah. of weeks. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. going to see uh, my partner's brother lives in Thailand, so we're meeting halfway. Um, yeah, going, going all round really, going two weeks journeying around with, a, with hired a coach, so it should be really good. Oh, very nice,
0: very nice. Uh, I'm certainly jealous, and one man I imagine is jealous also, uh, Joe Edwards, the man who will be deputising for. Matt Wilson this weekend.
2: I've heard good things about Bournemouth though. Nice place, apparently. Um, Brother went there on a stag do not long back. Had high, high praise for it. So you know, Bournemouth, Sri Lanka, Mm -hmm. probably go for the for the former. But yeah,
1: they do call Bournemouth the Colombo of the South Coast, don't they?
2: (laughs) Exactly. It's a lovely place. Lovely place. Don't know whether the results will be so lovely or the performance. Let's hope so. Yeah, um, reason to. Results suggest it may not be a, a happy day for Albion.
0: Yeah, certainly not. But mind you, Bournemouth you know, lost, lost to Spurs the other day, so there is hope. Um, let's get straight into it. I mean, Albion losing again to Leicester. Uh, 4-1 this time. Uh, are the club asleep walking into the Championship? They seem to be.
1: Yeah, I think they are. Um, I think That's a, a very apt way of putting it. Um, I suppose it's got to the stage now where Sacking Pardew, there isn't, well, there's no point in sacking Pardew if you want to stay up because whoever is in charge of these players, mm-hmm. um, they're going down. I think they've proved that um, this season, and you have to start criticising them uh, for failing to perform under two managers. Yeah. And two completely different managers, by the way. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Pulis on one hand, who's the disciplinarian, and the, uh, you know,. Um, defensive coach and you've got Pardew who's the opposite he's the attacking coach who is your mate and he puts your arm on his shoulder and he takes you you know drinking in Barcelona so yeah. <laughs> it, it's you know they're two completely different contrasting stars, and they've they've failed to perform for for both of them and also they've actually downed tools for both of them mm-hmm. you know um, and now part of this is a confidence issue and and, and and you know heads drop at the end of games like they did on Saturday because of confidence but You've got to be better than that, I'm afraid. And you've got to have more professional pride than that. And you've got to be, you've got to show more fight and more desire than that. And, um, you know, we saw it towards the end of the Pulis reign, they effectively got him sacked because they were sick of him after three years or two and a half years. Mm -hmm. Um, And now they're doing this, a a similar thing for Pardew and it's just not acceptable. Yeah. And although Pardew has made, you know, a catalogue of errors, and I think he made even more errors on, on Saturday. You you do have to start looking at the players as well. And um, I think, you know, there's not just one person you can scapegoat for this. Mm -hmm. You've got blame lies all over the place. Um, You asked if they're sleepwalking to relegation. Yes, I think the time to have sacked Pardew is probably after the Barcelona trip. Yeah. Now, there there is no point in sacking him because it's not going to change the outcome of the season. Mm -hmm. But I wonder if we've got to a point now a tipping point I in my point in my opinion where actually keeping hold of him is dangerous to the long-term future of the club yeah you know the board have decided not to act after this game we understand because they're planning for the future and they think you know they think right we need to financially and strategically it's better to find a new man in the summer mm-hmm. it's better to cancel party's contract in the summer when he's got a break clause or when, once the team are relegated um should depend depending on what his contract arrangements are yeah um and there is an argument for that and i, I would say before the leicester game i could understand that argument of yep. keeping it keeping hold of him but the way the players performed um, at the end and you know the way that the fans streamed out and the apathy that is growing there is also now a growing argument that getting rid of Pardew and having someone like Darren Moore as, as an interim head coach until the end of the season, is probably it, it could be a better idea. Um, I think it's hard to know because a lot of the criticism, as I've said, has to go to the players. So if you're if you if you look at it that way, then actually leaving Pardew there. I mean, to be honest, it's not going to make much difference. The only the only, the only, only thing that I'm concerned about is whether the fans stop coming because there was a low crowd on Saturday mm. and we could see a lot of fans turning away uh, towards the end of the
0: season. That's it. And we were talking talking about the players there, uh, criticising the players. I mean, you look at Albion's squad and Joe, I'm not too sure what your view is from the outside, but it doesn't look like a squad which should go down.
2: No, I mean, I've only actually seen Albion once live this this. In this past year it was a pre-season game, it was at Bristol Rovers mm-hmm. and I know you can't read too much into pre-season games but on that day after seeing them lose there I did fear for them yeah I thought they were lacking in a few areas I thought obviously the back has been addressed since they brought in Kieran Gibbs but I thought they looked a bit weak in that area Alan Neon that day was given a bit of a pasting to be honest by, by Bristol Rovers players mm-hmm. So I was a bit concerned there, but as you say, they seem to have enough going forward. I've always liked Rondon, a bit of a frustrating player from what I've seen of him, because he seems to have all the tools and there just seems to be something missing. Yeah. Um, I think it's that natural ability and that natural goal-scoring instinct that seems to be missing from his game. Um, Jay Rodriguez is another one that's, again, got all the tools, but. I don't know if, if it's a confidence thing with him, these mm. injuries that have played a part in his game over the past few years. So, you look at it and they haven't got a bad squad. Mm. But everybody's got decent squads now in the Premier yeah. League. Everybody's got the money to build a decent squad, a squad of international players. And Albion just really didn't really adapt with the times. Yeah. It, 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 that this squad, maybe three or four years ago, would have been good enough to survive. But mm-hmm. now in this day and age we've seen, um, you know, it, it, it hasn't got enough strength in depth, it hasn't got enough character, enough leaders in that squad to survive. And, um, you know, the Premier League, you know, we've seen a lot of teams in there, they are seen much of a muchness, but the standard is pretty good. Yeah. And Albion haven't just adjusted to that standard and that's why, uh, where where they are, and it's why they're, you know, pretty much going down
0: yeah, and one of the players who um, he impressed me against Leicester was Ollie Burke. I mean, I know he made a number of mistakes, but he, at least he looked exciting when he was going forward, and he did create the first goal. Albeit, however, Rory is has he done himself a favour in that Leicester game?
1: It's an interesting one. Burke's performance—split opinion. Um, and it, I, I don't know what to make of it myself. I actually put him in my, in my man of the match poll, mm. and I think he won it. Actually, I think he beat Rondon, who I, I personally gave man of the match to Rondon. Now, Rondon wasn't faultless by any stretch, yep. and it infuriates me how when the fullback gets the ball, when Gibbs gets the ball, Dorset, or Dawson on that was Neon gets the ball. He doesn't make the channel, the run into the channel. It's such mm-hmm. a simple run. It's every striker is taught to do it, and he doesn't do it, and it's unbelievable. Um, that he's at the top end of the game and doesn't do that and as Joe's already touched upon Rondon's finishing leaves a lot to be desired he does a lot of other things really well Mm -hmm. I I hasten to add and he was my man of the match actually but Burke is a really interesting character he is so raw I mean he's like butchers cut isn't he I've I've never (laughs) seen a player so raw in my life in the Premier League Mm. and I I must say whoever sanctioned the £15 million to be spent on him I mean that was a mistake because Mm. okay he's got flipping lashings of potential yeah but he is he's not the finished article in any stretch i mean he's not the work has barely even begun Mm. um now that being said he is very um exciting and yeah there were elements on on saturday where you thought actually he he was the only person who was willing to be a bit daring him and Mm Krakowiak I would say now both him and Krakowiak lost the ball quite a bit Burke was guilty of passing it backwards too often he was guilty of running it into traffic too often um he was positionally dreadful defending he let too many people go past him as well Mm -hmm. but that being said he still was one of the most effective players maybe attacking wise yeah which I think just says a lot about Albion's creative forces And I mean Matt Phillips once again although he was slightly improved defensively and showed a bit more fight and a bit more character. I mean, his free kick in the second half was unbelievably bad. Yeah. Probably the worst free kick I've ever seen. He seemed like such a passenger this season. He has, he has. And, and and the thing is Burke what, but you know, that 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 move, that run in the eighth minute and you know lit up the stadium and he held off uh, Ben Chilwell mm. expertly, used his strength, used his power, uses his pace, and then putting a good ball which Rondon gambled on and did well uh, to to tuck home. There's obviously potential there. Um, and I think it's interesting that he he won that man match poll, but he is unbelievably raw, and mm. he just needs he needs coaching, he needs game time, um, and I personally wouldn't have spent 15 million pounds on him. Um, I, I you know I would have been happy if it was three or four million pounds, mm. and you can then think right okay, here's one for the future. If we can if we can hone him, we've got a player on our hands. We you know we could have a Matt Phillips of last season. Mm. Um, maybe even better because his speed is unbelievable mm, and yeah. when he gets in but he can get in behind defences at will and he can you know it makes up for some of the, the other errors he makes but he needs to be coached proper, properly um, I think it's interesting that he struggled to get minutes under Pulis because in my mind maybe maybe Pulis could have coached him into that mm. that, that have that shape and have that defensive capabilities when and maybe that's what he was doing and he was in the process of doing, Yeah. Um. but I, I don't have any faith in Pardew, um being able to do that because actually under Pardew I think the, the team have got defensively worse. Yeah, it,
0: it's interesting that you bring up that Pulis point because Bark almost reminds me of Adama Traore at Middlesbrough and ironically he's doing so well now under Pulis, obviously in the Championship it's not this, quite the same level. But he's a similar kind of player, raw, talented going forward. But Pulis seems to be getting the best out of him now. So I don't know whether a season in the Championship
1: for Ollie Burke, albeit for £15 million, might actually help him out. It could do, as long as they keep faith in him, as long as he, he needs to develop quickly. He needs to, he, I mean, because you won't stay in the team. This is probably why he hasn't been getting minutes. You will not stay in the team if you let people drift past you like they did mm. on Saturday. Um, but that being said, yes, he's an exciting potent player with bags of bags of potential, and, and actually, if you can get if you can get a tune out of him, and if you can get him to to nail down some of the other aspects of his game, he could be he could be a weapon in the championship, hundred percent, and he, and he's done it before with Nottingham Forest. Mm. Um, I've just now I've never seen a player so raw. Yeah, I mean even even when Liko was coming through a couple of years ago, it wasn't as raw as that. I mean, mm, it was, yeah. it's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, and the fans obviously again a testament to the club uh, they were cheering on. Uh, even when the fourth goal went in, Joe, um, the players have basically given up. But it's nice to see the fans sticking around, isn't it, and continuing to stay loyal to a club even though they're in such dire
2: straits. I think Matt touched on it there. We've, in terms of, they just want something to shout about and something to kind of get behind. Yeah, and it seems that you know, Pardew has you know passed his sell-by date to, to me and to a lot of people. You do wonder whether just having Darren Moore at the helm until the end of the season at least he's a bit of a you know a club legend Mm -hmm. um, somebody that even if he's you know he probably wouldn't be in the the role long term yeah but just something until the end of the season somebody to you know get behind It similar to Megson early on in the season even though he only lasted a couple of games Mm -hmm. it was nice to see him back it was nice to see him at the helm and Fans enjoyed that, and that was one of the high points of the season, really. Yeah, Um, I don't think you can um, underestimate the impact
1: that that what's happening in the stands has on the pitch. I mean, you just got to look at what happened at West Ham um, on Saturday. There, there is when something when it's so toxic and the atmosphere is so toxic, it it seeps onto the pitch, and um, you saw West Ham, you know, capitulate against Burnley in in the last few minutes because of what was going on. Mm. Uh, and I've seen Albion do it this season, when the fans, are, when the, when the, when the atmosphere has been toxic, they play, they play worse because that pressure builds on them. Now, the best players deal with that pressure, but Albion haven't got the best players. Yeah. So, the, when the fans have been supportive, like the Watford game, you know, it's actually reinvigorated them and get them up. And, and, and players, players always talk about the fans being the 12th man, but it's a cliche because it's true. Mm, yeah. You know, it, it ha- does have a massive, massive impact on, um, on, on how they perform. Um, and I do, I do I do agree with Joe to a certain extent there that the apathy that is seeping through the fan base quite understandably so by the way um, you know that can't be good for what's going on on the pitch and actually I mean the the ideal scenario would probably give it to Mexen to the end of the season but hmm. I don't think that's ever going to happen with Mark Jenkins back at the club so. Darren Moore. I mean, is it unfair on him to, to lumber him with this group of players with with eight games to go, or 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 is or is or could it restore some some passion and pride, uh, as Joe said? I mean, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, when when Wolves got rid of McCarthy and obviously brought in Terry Connor, yeah. does it does it would it
2: did it work for Wolves? Did the fans get behind <laughs> no, that? No, it didn't. It didn't work. But in. It was different in that sense as Terry wasn't a former player mm-hmm. and he wasn't somebody that the fans could really get behind and relate to. Um, I think I think we've you know we Darren Big Dave. I think I think it's different that mm-hmm. maybe they'll cut him a you know a bit of slack uh, as, as as to where Connor just seemed out of his depth to be honest, did Yeah. It? Maybe that would be the case with, with with Darren as well, but he's he's a former player. He's somebody that the fans can relate to. And in this season, which has gone just spiraling downhill, kind of out of control, yeah, it would just be nice just to see, you know, Darren's kind of hard work say rewarded, mm. and just say, you know, it's 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 going to be a difficult task, but these last few games of the season, let's just give something for the fans, yeah, to cheer about, something for them to smile about, even if results don't go the way, because. There only seems to be one conclusion at the moment it's just how it happens yeah and as matt said there things really turned sarah on saturday and understandably so maybe down at the helm would just give even if results carry on going the way they're going just a little bit of crumb of comfort in knowing that it's a former player at the helm but mm. i
1: also think that the players you know there's a lot of experienced players in that group that they need to stand up and be counted and we've seen chris bront do it uh, you know after the Huddersfield game Laying into his teammates, saying that's not good enough, and I'm sure you know some similar things were said after in the dressing room after after the Leicester game. Um, unless they're they're just consigned to defeat like the rest of us, mm-hmm. um, but they need to stand up as well. And I think maybe if if if, if Big Dave was was in charge, they'd realise that even if he is perhaps inexperienced, and you know, you, as you said, out of his depth, they should step up. You know, the likes of um, Gareth Barry and Gareth McCauley and. Johnny Evans and Chris Brunt and Ben Foster—they should step up and be, and be leaders in that dressing room, mm. and they should be the ones saying, "Look, regardless of whether we go down or not, we owe it to those fans to give, to put in a bit of pride and um, to put in, keep fighting to the end and keep going." Because at the moment, there's only a few players who I think are, and that's you know, the likes of Rondon. Um, I think Krakowiak is is try, has tried as. Worked his socks off recently, mm-hmm. um, you know. Regardless of whether you think what he did to Pardew on Saturday was right or not, um, he probably overstepped the mark. You know, even even though it, ju- it just shows that his standing amongst the group is in tatters. Do you think yeah. he plays again for West Brom after doing that? Um, not if Pardew's here, um, mind you. Pardew kept you know he kept Barry and Evans in, in the team after after Barcelona, so. Mm-hmm. And, and then he, he put Brunt in the team after after he questioned his tactics. So yeah. I, I'm I'm afraid to say he hasn't got much of a spine. So yeah. do you know what I mean? He hasn't he hasn't he hasn't proven himself to be mm-hmm. too hardline. So maybe he will keep playing for Kovac. I mean, I I personally imagine he'd probably drop him and play Samfield. I I don't know. But um, it, I mean, all bets are off for Bournemouth because it, I mean, I I personally would just start Burke, start Field put R- Rakeem Harper and John Lecker on the bench and mm. just, you know, plan for the future because at the moment, you know, the the current crop are just not doing it. I mean, you, there are a few players in that group that are, know that they're going to leave in the summer mm. and uh, are just not, not putting it in or just don't seem to care.
0: Yeah, and one thing we should also touch on from that game, the bad news regarding some fan trouble uh, regarding the away fans. Uh, what seemed to
1: happen there? There was a couple of missiles thrown uh, and it's not it's not good to see, is it? No, so apparently um well the first we heard about it was on Saturday night when um Claire Wheeler, who is um who was born Claire Astor, so she's Jeff Astor's daughter, mm-hmm. tweeted about a few missiles being thrown into the Smethwick End from the Leicester fans. And she'd taken Lorraine, who's who's Jeff's widow, um, to, to the game. Um and it was her first home game since Astor Day. Lorraine actually went to Everton away um, mm-hmm. in January and and sat in the away end and absolutely loved it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, she said it was brilliant. So she 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 wanted to come to a home game and this was the one that she came to. Um, but then some of the Leicester fans um, apparently threw were throwing coins and lighters into the away end and one of them hit a boy, a, a four-year-old boy, which actually I think is 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 the worst thing about all this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hit and then bounced onto Lorraine um before Claire picked it up and you know obviously Lorraine sp- spoken to our paper over the weekend and said Look, I don't I don't want to come back to fo- a football match now if that's what happens mm. and you couldn't completely understand why um but for me you know that the, the my heart goes out to that 4 year old I yeah. mean you know could you imagine I mean I've got a 3 year old and I can't imagine if she was hit by something mm. a missile I'd be in absolute pieces and it's probably one of his first games at the club, and you know he's just seen his team lose four-one. and He's been hit by a lighter. It's absolutely disgraceful and mm-hmm. mindless behaviour. Listen, every club has idiotic fans, um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and criticise Leicester specifically mm-hmm. because every club has these fans. But yeah, it's something that we you don't want to see, and it just makes it it's just so depressing when it when it, when it, when it's such a young child involved. Yeah, it's senseless, isn't it? And it really does
0: highlight the problems still still around in football, especially after that West Ham debacle over, over the weekend. Uh, we'll move on a little bit now. Uh, we've got some questions in from the fans, of course. Uh, we always uh, value all your questions, so if you have any more, feel free to send them in. We will cover them as we get them. Um, uh, Ian Hall, uh, he asks, has a complete lack of shrewd thinking, intelligence, and off-field creative planning reduced Albion to an outfit that embraces mediocrity? Very good question there,
1: Ian. Yeah, I think he's probably summed it up. I think um, I still maintain that sacking Tony Pulis was the right decision. Um, I've seen a lot of revisionism in the last few weeks saying, oh, Albion wow, shouldn't have sacked Pulis, And even match of the day put up a flipping table saying when, when Pulis was sacked, you know, they were only 17th with 10 points from 12. And, yeah. and it's like, well, and about. They only had 10 points from 12 games. And, won, and they won the first two games of the season. Mm-hmm. And they only deserve to win one of those games. The other one, they were gifted it by Burnley. So, um, Pulis had to go. The players had mm-hmm. stopped playing for him. The fans hated him. He had to go. The the, the mistake was a point in Pardew. Um, and, yeah, I, I would say that um, this is all stems from when, essentially, when um, Dan, Ash, Dan Ashworth left. And um, they, you know... Um, started making managerial changes after that after Hodgson because that, that's where it stems from because then they got into this funk and they had to appoint Pulis he was the right man at the time mm-hmm. but then Pulis over overperformed with, with what he had in terms of results not in terms of performances and so he stayed for far too long than he, than he should have done that being said he finished 10th you know you can't suck a manager who finishes 10th you yeah. just can't I mean I know Southampton did, didn't they? But look at what they're doing now, mm-hmm. and you know that that created this divide in the club. And um, but there was an opportunity there in November. right uh, as long as you got the right man in, there was an opportunity there to to uh, to to change everything around. Everyone was ready for the change, mm-hmm. um, but they got it, they got it catastrophically wrong. They pointed the wrong man, and now they're they're paying the price. Do you agree with that, Joe?
2: Yeah, completely. Like, they completely got it wrong. It was. It was about that time, wasn't it? November time that you know the jobs for the boys kind of thing. Um, yeah. You know, Hodgson winning at, at Palace and Moyes at West Ham, and then Pardew at Albion. and It, it just seemed as soon as it happened, it just seemed it was just appointing a manager just based on his name and mm. it, a kind of a manager that basically lived off live, was living off really that one season he had at Newcastle. Mm. Um, I mean, he, he did okay at Palace, got them to the cup final, but. They're, you know they, they spiralled in the league and the you know obviously we left there and um, just when he was appointed he didn't seem it kind of just seemed like a hopeful appointment it was just kind of a you know that old hit and hope it was yeah. it was just very much it, there didn't seem to be much foresight and much planning and uh, in terms of a long term view and a manager to take the club forward he just wasn't the man for it.
1: Well, I I. I th- I actually think that the thought process behind it was probably along the, along the lines of, right, Pardew gets bounce at his new clubs. He's done that at every club he's been at before. Mm-hmm. We need somebody to throw the shackles off this talented squad. He plays in that way. And if you cast your mind back to this November, December, January, things were going okay. I mean, I know they, the, the results weren't coming, but the performances were there. The fans were on board, and um, and and you could see the reasoning behind the appointment. That being said, he had he'd been out of work for a week, for a year, sorry, mm-hmm. and he had in the year before that he'd won only a handful of games. Okay. So it had been a good two years since he'd done anything,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that would have that should have sent alarm bells ringing. I've had people at the club say to me, "Well, who would you have appointed then?" Because he, you know, he was the best that was left. We couldn't, you know, we couldn't entice any any other any other of the names to come. And you're thinking, "Well, I personally think you need to be a bit more imaginative." Yeah. And actually, go and get um, someone like Yekanovich out of Fulham. Go and get someone like Chris Wilder out of Sheffield United. Bring them to you now. It might be difficult, but pay them pay them yeah. the money that you need to get them because. You know, um, going for an out of work manager who failed in his previous, in his last year of his job, just smacked off the easy way out, yeah. and it, you know, and it, and it, and it's come to bite them. But and you know, the the thing is that I think frustrates fans is that when it, when it, when the appointment was made, they all said this will end in disaster, mm-hmm. and it has.
0: That's it. Because the biggest name isn't always the best one, and let's be honest, there's a reason managers are out of work. Uh, there is.
1: And, the, and also, you've got to remember that, that they said, well, we want Premier League experience because we're in a pre- precarious position. But every manager has to start somewhere. And you look at what Watford do, and, and oh, I think they are the model, really, for a mid-table Premier League club. They always appoint um, from outside. Um, Mm -hmm. And they normally get it right. And I know their managers get sacked quite regularly, um, but that's because they realise that the the malaise sets in and they act before it's too late.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's the way to do it. And I think, you know, you've got to look outside. I mean, the Premier League, you know, it's not... Football is the same game all over Europe. It's the same game all over the world. And and there are different ways to skin a cat. And, you know, actually, fans want something a a bit new and a bit innovative and a bit, uh, a breath of fresh air. So if you appoint someone from flipping. Italy does things a bit different, or Spain does things a bit different. Then yeah, do it. Now I think maybe they got burnt before by Pepe Mel, and they yeah. thought, you know, that's let's not go down that route again, heaven forbid. So you know, yeah. it's it's it, it's difficult. I mean, to a certain extent, every manager you appoint is a punt, mm. but you just want them to be a bit more imaginative in the future, and, and hopefully they they will be in in the summer when uh, when they come to appoint the new man.
0: Yeah, Lindsay asks uh, what is our scouting policy in my eyes not only do we need the right man in charge we need
1: the right people finding the players we need the scouting policy I mean it's the same as everyone else it's trying to identify the best players for the cheapest money I mean yeah. that's, that's what everyone's trying to do isn't it mm-hmm. um, obviously Nick Hammond runs that recruitment um, side of things now and um, you know we've, we, we've been told that I, I know a lot of fans that say well Hammond why is Hammond stuck around when everybody else has been sacked and I I would I agree. that deserves to come under criticism for for basically railroading Pardew into the job? But I don't think he deserves to be criticised for the um, for the uh, recruitment side of things because he was sidelined under Pulis mm-hmm. and he you know, he'd go to Pulis and say what about this player what about this player and Pulis would go there yeah, that's great Nick but I'm going to speak to my mate over here who I've known for 20 years and, he, and he's going to give me a player and the punis is old school and he does it he does it that way mm. um, and you know he, he he noticed her guys he just watching it watching a game on, on, on the telly and they, they scouted him afterwards and they got him in like that um, you know I think Hammond we we got we got a judge Hammond on this summer um, I think he deserves criticism for the poetry appointment but I think Recruitment wise, we've got to judge him on this summer. That's mm. that that's my own personal opinion.
0: Yeah, you'd argue that the, the transfer windows actually weren't a, a massive failure. I mean they brought in a number of big names, a number of players who were expected to do well. The likes of Gareth Barry, Daniel Storage proven Premier League players, Krakoviak, massive name from PSG. You can't and, and not to mention Kieran Gibbs, he was he looked like a snip at the price he was. Yeah,
1: I mean, yes, but they've it's left the, the squad lopsided. They've got too mm. many holding midfielders. They they felt I mean and they've been unlucky the fact that they that Chadley and Morrison got injured and it could have been a different season had they not been, but they left themselves with, um, you know a, a creative force that wasn't good enough and mm. that's where they've struggled. Nobody scored, uh, nobody scored as few goals as they have this season in the top ninety two clubs. So that's obviously where the the problem lies. Um, they have probably looking in hindsight, I and mean, it's easy to say this, but in hindsight, they probably should have sold Rondon to China mm-hmm. and bought in somebody else, uh, a, a proven goal scorer. That being said, I would argue they tried, they got Rodriguez in because he was supposed to be that bloke. He was yeah. supposed to be that that goal scorer. So, um, you know, he's been played out of position. He's been mismanaged. Um, it's difficult. You know, there are there are a whole number of reasons why this has gone so belly up, and it's not just one reason. It, it's it's just stacked upon each other mm. and things just continually got, got, on, got yeah. on
0: worse. Carl Gatt, um, he asks the uh, rumours the owners are already looking to sell. I suppose this is a big worry. Is there any truth in this?
1: Well, I'd be surprised if they weren't thinking about it because as we've covered quite a, quite a bit before, the reason they bought the club is because it was a stable Premier League club and they used the Premier League name to win housing contracts in mm. China without that Premier League name, is there any point in having the club? Um, I guess the decision that they'll be taking is, will they cut their losses and sell now? Mm-hmm. Now that they, the price of the club is probably halved, maybe? We could, Arguably. Um, or do they continue, try and get the team up at the first point of asking next season, try and get a manager in who, get, who gets them promoted? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they stayed on they mm-hmm. kept the club now and then if they didn't get up in the next one or two seasons they might look the sell.
0: yeah I mean Wolves Joe I mean you. I know you're a Wolves supporter we've seen the takeover there and it's had such a good effect on Wolves now uh, it's one of them where it can reinvigorate a club can't it
2: it can completely and it's happened for Villa as well now I mean obviously it mm-hmm. was a rocky few months to start off with but obviously they beat Wolves for one of the weekends and it can really reinvigorate a club. Um,
1: I would argue though that Villa—that's down to Bruce. Well, um, yeah, yeah, but I that, don't think that's down to Doctor X. No. I think that's down to Bruce.
2: But I think he's helped. I think he's helped. I think Bruce is, you know, the main instigator. But the the, the in ownership has helped. I mean, obviously the Randy Lerner era there had, had completely turned turned service So they needed a change. Walls needed a change as well. And um, it'd be interesting to see how he goes um, next season. Whether they do stay the course, hopefully they do. Mm. Um, you'd like to think that they've got a long-term vision. They would have, when they took over. I know Albion, you know, was seen as a stable Premier League club, but they would have. You would like to think that the owners came in with some sort of contingency plan. With yeah. knowing, well, if we do go down, then this is what will happen. So hopefully they do stay the course. Hopefully there is enough. I mean, the, uh, transfers in the summer are likely going to be. Terms of who you sell and -hmm. and what money you're going to have there to uh, reinvest into the squad, you'd look at the likes of Evans, possibly Dawson as players that will probably be on the way off to other Premier League clubs. Mm -hmm. So there needs to be an an overhaul of the the squad come the summer, and hopefully, you know, the the Chinese owners at Albion will be the ones to oversee that and hopefully, uh, you know, get Albion now bouncing back next season
0: Mm. Uh, Brendan Thatcher last question says um, I'm wondering if the club has considered the impact of doing nothing in terms of how insulting that is to the paying fans it just says that we will lose them all and then take stock I doubt they will make the last few home games free for fans
1: I doubt they will as well I don't think they will do that Um, but it's a good point and I, I do I am concerned that we could be seeing Record low attendances at the Hawthorns in the next few weeks, and um, you know you just have to look at how few people stayed beyond Leicester's third goal. Mm-hmm. Um, understandably, there was a mass ex- exodus once they, you know, they watched their team capitulate again from a winning position, and um, I, I think there is a there is an element as I've said. There is an element in, in, in this decision to keep Pardew is actually does it. Although you're trying to plan for the long term future of the club by doing this, mm-hmm. actually are you detrimentally impacting it? Because what you're doing is annoying and infuriating the fans so much that they might not they might not return. Now yeah. that being said, I mean we've talked a little bit already about like the likes of Villa and Wolves. If you get it right next season, that sense of enjoyment and that sense of uh, identity returns, so it might be just a case of they're cutting their losses, they're bracing themselves for what is going to be a very slow, painful uh, descent into the championship, mm-hmm. and they're trying to plan for you know next season. Right, we've got to get this spot on, and I do get that, and, and there is there is a the danger in rushing into a decision now, and I would you know you'd want there to to be doing. You know, as much research and as much due diligence as they can on getting the new man um, but yeah I think we are in, in, in the meantime we're destined for some quite um, quite a numb end I think to mm. what has been a really really dreadful season and I, I think you know th- there wasn't it wasn't really that much of a toxic atmosphere on Saturday it was just more apathy and acceptance and and, and you know a I don't know, just a, a real disappointment rather than anything else that once again these players and this manager have let us down. I don't know about, you know, Every each, each individual fan is different. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, some will go regardless, some will go um, if if they can see some semblance of a plan emerging towards the end of the season or towards... Or at the start of next season, uh, and some will have been so annoyed by this whole sorry mess that they might not return for a while. So mm-hmm. um, there is a danger in that, though. I do I do agree with that. I, I do think there comes a point where actually, even though there is no viable alternative now, you, you you might need to get rid of Padre just because you know, not not just him being poisonous, but I suppose him being there. Um, we're in this strange twilight hour when. You know, leaves a bad taste, doesn't it? It does. It does. And I, I, I understand the board's reasoning behind it. Um, I just, I just don't, I don't know whether it's the right. I don't have the answers. And this is, this is, I suppose, this is what they're grappling with as well. Mm. Um, it's hard, it's hard to know what what the right thing is. But as I think, as we've already touched upon, it, we, we, it feels like we get to that stage where actually, big day to the end of the season is 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 the best of a bad bunch of scenarios. Mm. Um, I mean, mate, I mean, we don't know, maybe he
2: doesn't want to do that. Yeah. And just touching on ne- next season as well, and we've talked about Wolves and Villa, mm-hmm. they didn't get it right instantly in the yeah. Championship. You know, Villa had a season of struggle, Wolves had a season of struggle. It may be a slow process. Um, you know, Albion, judging by those two, you know, may make some mistakes again next season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they might get some sort of recruitment wrong. They might get a, a manager wrong, as Villa did with Di as, yeah. as Wolves did with Walser it's it looks like it's going to be a slow process if the do pounce back at the first attempt fantastic you know they'll be great it'll re-lift the all forms will be fantastic but it's probably going to take a bit of time and the fans are going to have to stay the course to, there's probably going to be some more tricky times ahead so you know the fans are really important they, they know how important to role they've got to play mm-hmm. um fair play to them for sticking the courses they have this season but they're probably gonna to have to stay the course for, for some tricky times next season as well the that's danger
1: true. is isn't it I suppose that you don't want to do a Sunderland yeah and mm. that's the concern because actually um, and that might be the concern about leaving part there that if you get this if you get into such a malaise and such a funk that you cannot get out of it regardless of what happens in the summer and okay a lot of the players are probably going to leave mm. but actually, you can't you can't buy and sell 20 players you're gonna still have players from from this yeah. from this group in in the uh, in the squad next season probably more than a lot of fans would even want mm-hmm. maybe I don't know um you know you you, you, you can't make complete changes because um, then you, you're in danger of leaving yourself open to having no players so and you'll be held to ransom by the clubs and bloody bloody blah you have to have a core group there to be working with. Um, even in the summer so the danger is that actually that feeling around the club doesn't doesn't go like it has at Sunderland and um, you could be looking at another relegation battle next year now look we're talking about hypotheticals here a lot could a lot is going to change could change and probably is going to change yeah Um, but yeah I mean that's 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 (laughs) I suppose that's the concern after such a dreadful season
0: yeah Okay, we'll move on to a bit of a lighter segment. We've got fill in the blank. This is always uh, a fan favourite segment. I'll, I'll give you a, I'll give you a sentence with one blank. You give me an answer to that sentence. Obviously, all relating to Albion. I will get you started uh, with this one. Blank will be in charge at Albion for the final game of the season. Darren Moore. Darren Moore.
2: Yeah, Darren Moore,
0: I think. Final game. Yep. Yeah. West Brom will sell blank players in the summer.
2: Five.
1: Oh, I think they'll sell seven. Seven.
0: You got any names? We know Johnny Evans Evans,
1: Evans will go. I think Gibbs will go. Um, I think Dawson Mm. might go. Um, He's got a lot of suitors, Dawson. Mm -hmm. Might be a shame. I I, I think Rodriguez might go. I hope he doesn't, but I think he might. Um, Obviously, Barry and Krakowiak will go. Um, Kovic will go back. Yeah. Uh, Barry will probably retire.
2: I've got a feeling somebody will will snap up Livermore. I oh, know he hasn't been Yeah, back. Livermore. Livermore will probably
1: go. Than. Yeah, somebody will probably take a punt on Livermore. That, that's true. Um, uh, that's seven, isn't it? I suppose. Mm. I'd be interested to see what happens with Rondon and Rodriguez. I think both of those could go either way. I actually think Rondon might stay. I think he quite likes the Albion. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he's, he, he feels like he's got an affinity with the fans. Um, Rightly or wrongly, but yeah, I think I think he I think he might stay. Uh, Rodriguez, I don't know because it's. It, I feel sorry for him because it's been a really really tough year for him. Mm. He's been played out of position. He's been dropped when he's been on form. He's obviously got this horrible race uh, charge that's hanging over his head, and he might just think, you know, God, this has been a poisonous year. I, I want to just have a new start somewhere else. I don't I don't know to be honest, but um, uh, I'd like to see him stay. But you know, yeah. yeah, you'd
2: like to think he'd have a point to prove. Mm. Um, of course i think Premier League clubs will be looking at him perhaps at Burnley i think he had a short spell there before but um, he, he's he's a player that's got a point to prove now mm. and if you if he dropped down to the championship you could see him on song getting 20 25 goals yeah so i think for his career i think he needs to be playing every week um and i think he's got the most chance of doing that for albin in the championship rather than being say for a Burnley in the Premier League, it's a good
1: point. He's a and he's Burnley boy. So actually, if Burnley came calling, he he, he might go. But um, it's a good point, and um, he, he he strikes me as that sort of character that that would take the, the the pay cut to to further his career. He's not he's he is not a mercenary by any stretch. He's a he, he strikes me as, as that sort of guy. So um, be interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, Salomon Rondon would score blank goals in the
0: Championship. Fifteen. 12. Nice. West Brom will spend blank over the summer. What, net or? Yeah. Net. Yeah. Let's just just say the amount of money they will spend, not including the the players they sell. Not including that. So not net then? Not net. Okay.
1: (laughs) Net, not net. Give me both. Net, 10, mm, between 5 and 10 million. Yeah. Not
2: net. I mean, twenty-five million. Yeah, yeah. twenty twenty-five. I'd say mm. twenty twenty-five. You'd, well, you'd like to think you'd get a decent amount of money for Evans, even even though yeah. he's. As a well, he's got his three. S- is
0: the three million. Comp- the the uh, clause is three million, isn't it? If they go down, which is the worrying thing. Maybe not then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so I think he's there. <laughs> Yeah, West Brom will win blank more games this season. One.
2: Let's ball we Blank more games. The, Are going to beat Bournemouth? The, uh, <laughs> no more.
0: None. None? Oh, it wouldn't surprise me.
2: No, I think they'll get one. I think they'll
0: get one. You know what wouldn't oh. surprise me as well is if they go and they lose all these games and then they beat one of the big boys towards the end but of well, the season. Okay, that would, okay, that okay, wouldn't surprise maybe, me.
2: Maybe, I'll, I'll go one. Maybe one of the dead rubbers, to, you know, the final two or three games.
0: They'll beat Newcastle or Palace or somewhere at the end. Yeah. If they go down, West Brom will finish blank in the Championship next season. Uh, 12th.
2: Mid-table mediocrity. I was going to say 13th. So yeah, 12 13th. Agreeing
0: there. All right, Bournemouth game this weekend. Matt Wilson is uh, off in Sri Lanka, so Joe Edwards is the man who's going to be there. Guys, when do these games become a little bit meaningless, or have they? Has that already happened?
2: I don't think it's me I don't think it's made the list just yet. I think the onus now is on providing some sort of response to to the Leicester game. Mm. Obviously, you know, a four-one defeat at home. no matter what position you're in, whether you're at the foot of the table cut adrift, you want a response. You want some sort of, you know, something to be a bit proud of, something to shout about. And you now, Bournemouth also coming off the back of a four-one loss as well. So it's two teams who have had a dent in their confidence. Will mm-hmm. be, you know are going into it in much worse shape than Bournemouth are but i don't think this game's meaningless Um, you know want to go down there and just even if you don't get the results if you don't get a point if you don't get three just just put on a bit show a bit of fight and Mm. just show a bit of integrity and just give something for the fans just to go on with a bit of a smile on the face about because a 4-1 defeat at home is never nice. It's even worse when you're already languishing at the bottom of the table. So this this game isn't meaningless for Albion. The last couple of games, the last two or three, as we say, have the you know the potential of to, to be played at a pre-season pace, perhaps, mm. because you know they'll probably be playing teams who have nothing to play for. They've got nothing to play for themselves. But Bournemouth are still the team that likely won't get dragged into it. But they are another one of those teams in the pack that... You know, can't rest on the laurels. So this game, I think both teams have got something to play for. Hopefully, it'll be a decent game.
0: Yeah, I mean, both sides are coming off 4-1 defeats at at home. Um, Any other team, you'd probably back them to give them a a really good game and maybe get a result. Do you reckon Albion
1: can do that? No. Um, I think there could be an interesting situation where the the away end at Watford were fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think... The away fans, you know, they're diehards. hards they, they, they follow the club really closely, so they, they know all, all what's going on, and they know that is essentially a dead man walking, and they know that all hope is gone. But that actually, in a, in a weird way, could make them a bit more carefree and throw their shackles off, and um, they'll just be there to enjoy themselves. Good day out, as, mm-hmm. as Joe said, Bournemouth's a lovely town. Go there, enjoy yourself, have a great day, sing your heart out, um, have a few drinks, blah-de-blah. I just wonder if that um, will trans translate onto the pitch, where you know, okay, the the players have, have looked crippled with fear in recent weeks, but not so much at Watford, mm. and I wonder if that was because of the of, of how the crowd was, and I just wonder if actually they know it's unsavable, and they might play with a bit less fear and a bit less pressure, and you never know, they might they might be able to um, to, to, to just to. Snatch a goal here or there, and maybe snatch a point. I mean, I don't know why I keep saying this. I felt like Saturday was going to be a one-all draw, and I feel like Mm. this weekend could be a one-all draw as well. um And you know, after sixty minutes, I thought, oh yeah, we're going there. But uh you know, Leicester Leicester just a bit too much, and you know, you could see you could quite easily see Albion losing this three-nil or something. Mm. But I, I don't know why I've got some. I'm clutching at straws a bit, but I'm just hoping that yeah, that that. with the pressure off because they're basically gone maybe they they might and and, and as joe says a bit of pride in the shirt and you know it's not going to be pre-season pace it will be a a game that means something hopefully there will be a bit of um a bit of a reaction and and, and a bit of professional pride there and, and and just something to, to give the fans something to uh, to take home. They certainly need something like that. Do you expect any changes from Pardew?
0: We touched on some before.
1: Well, I'd be interested to see what happens with Krokoviak on it. I mean, he, he, oh, we'd be surprised if he got dropped. Um, it depends what happens, you know, it, does he reinstate Evans if he's, if he's well again? Dawson mm. didn't have the greatest of games at centre-back, which is a shame because, you know, I know he wants to play there. Um, you know, to be honest, there aren't many players that deserve to keep their place after that game. Mm. Um, Ollie Burke, does he keep his place? Or uh, I suppose he does because he, he made an impact on the game. But, um, you know, you could also make a case for him being dropped. Matt Phillips, I've no idea how he hasn't been dropped yet. Um, part of you might just think, ah, screw it. You know, we may as well just start um, all the players that I haven't given chances to. You know, put McCauley in, stick... And in, mm. stick, Put McLean on, I, mean, I suppose he's giving chances to all those players. But you know, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm at a loss to, 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 to say what what would work.
2: I think I'd play McLean. I think, mm. I think I think I'd put in McLean. If it's for Phillips or if it's for Burke, I think I'd put put, put McLean in. Um, for Phillips, then, yeah, yeah, because he just seems. I know he can has the potential for his temper to boil over, but uh, you know, when you want a response. Uh, to a full one Andy defeat he strikes me as one of the players that does play with a bit of passion um you know he's a bit of a hot head but he hopefully can channel that in the right way um I think samfield Cameron at the weekend in there maybe he starts as well mm-hmm. um, just again just for something for the fans to say, oh he's a you know a, a local young lad being given him, you know a bit of a show to be a bit of a chance in the team so that perhaps those are two changes i'd make. Put Fielding from the off and McLean because he's got a bit of fire about him.
0: i will agree with that. Yeah. And before I get predictions, does this result have any effect on Alan Pardew's employment status?
1: Um, I don't know. It's hard to say at this stage because, you know, it's Monday morning. um, And I don't care because I'll be in Sri Lanka. (laughs) No, um, I don't think it will. Unless they get, you know, unless they get tanked 5-0 and the crowd... Completely turn, mm. and they think right. Let's let's pull the big Dave button now. Um, you don't pull a button, do you? Push it, sorry. <laughs> um, then I don't. You know, but if they lose one nil, then no, I don't. I suppose I don't suppose it does.
2: No, mm. I, feel, I think if you lose one 0 two and it's just more of the same, isn't it? So you know, I don't think there'd be any drastic change after that. You know, if the if the win five nil or yeah you know, i' don't think it's really gonna change Pardew's long term standing i think he's mm. as as i said before he's passed his kind of sell by dates with the fans I think that relationship's already broken so um yeah I don't think it really changes too much uh, mm. what the outcome's gonna be it's just what just a for me it's when uh, not a case of if uh you know Pardew, you know leaves the club That's yeah it, it is
1: and, then, and you you got it's got a feeling of um when when relegation is confirmed that they'll do it and um the other I suppose the, the other um variable to take into account is Padre did talk about you know his professional pride at the weekend um and I, I wonder if it if it does get really bad whether he just says whether he you know takes Mark Jenkins to the side and says, Look, I can't continue with this. It, it it's obviously not working. Mm-hmm. And they, they do you know they do part ways by mutual consent. Yeah. Um, that th- there could be that that could be something that happens, um, but you know we wait and see. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's such a lost cause. It's uh, It's it really is. It's just. Uh, it's difficult to know where to turn now. It
0: is. Uh, all right. Let's finish with match predictions. Um, I reckon Albion will be plucky, but we'll go ahead and lose this one two one.
1: Two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say a one or draw. One or draw. On. Joe, yeah. you'll be there.
2: 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. Yeah, Fri- thrilling game. Goals Frilling good. 2-2. Two, two.
0: Well, guys, thanks for joining me, Matt. I hope you have a lovely holiday. It'll be a re- very good break for you, I'm sure.
1: A well-earned break after... Well, I was totting up what had happened in 2018 the other day to, to the Albion, and the list is ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> do you remember when um, Livermore went into the crowd at West Ham? Because that, oh, yeah. that was in 2018. <laughs> and Rondon broke McCarthy's leg. Oh, that yeah. was 2018. Jeez. I mean, it, it, it's been a ridiculous year, a ridiculous two and a half months. I've never known anything like it, to be honest. Um, and I've been working flat out for, <laughs> for mm. lots of it. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing some monkeys and some elephants. Yeah.
0: yeah. Can't wait for your year and review piece, mate. That'll be brilliant. Joe, thank you for joining us today. Hopefully, we'll have you on next week as well, seeing as you're, uh, yeah. you'll you be down there in Bournemouth.
2: Hopefully, I'll be and on the back of a resort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe will be a lucky omen. Yeah. Maybe, maybe.
0: Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. And as always, keep your questions and reviews coming in. We uh, do appreciate them. And we will catch you guys next week.